Hello and welcome to the Activate Podcast. My name is Jillian Pelkey. If you're listening for the first time, check out past episodes on SoundCloud or on iTunes. We're going to get right into the uh, sermon for today, so if you would bow your hearts with me and pray. God, we thank you that your word is life to us. God, I thank you that the word of God, the Bible, is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. It shows us where to go and where not to go. It gives us hope. It gives us guidance. It gives us strength. It gives us what we need. And Lord, I thank you for your word that speaks so clearly to us. God, I pray that you would unstop our ears, that you would open up our hearts to receive from you today. God, I pray that you would use me in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. We're going to look today uh, at things that were going on thousands and thousands of years ago, and it's shocking, but it's exactly what's happening to us today. We fall into the same uh, pattern that mankind has fallen into forever. We look at any part of the Bible written thousands of years ago, and humanity has not really changed. We find ourselves in the same ups and downs, in the same tendencies, and so today we're going to learn from other people. We could just keep going on the way we are. We could learn from, from what other people have done and hope Hopefully not make the same grave mistakes. So we're going to turn today to the book of Micah, chapter 6. And I'm going to read Micah chapter 6, and then we're going to go over some parts of it that are really, really uh, applicable to us today. So if you would uh, listen or follow along with me, Micah chapter 6. Listen to what the Lord says. Stand up, plead my case before the mountains. Let the hills hear what you have to say. Hear, you mountains, the Lord's accusations. Listen, you everlasting foundations of the earth. For the Lord has a case against his people. He's lodging a charge against Israel. My people, what have I done to you? How have I burdened you? Answer me. I brought you out of Egypt and redeemed you from the land of slavery. I sent Moses to lead you. Also Aaron and Miriam. My people, remember what Balak, king of Moab, plotted, and what Balaam, son of Beor, answered. Remember your journey from Shaddam to Gilgal, that you may know the righteous acts of the Lord. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with a thousand rams, with ten thousand rivers of olive oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgressions? the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. What does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. At first glance, you may say, you know, what does offering rams as as sacrifices mean to me? Let's take a look at this right from the beginning. Verse 1 says, listen to what the Lord says. That's applicable to me today. Listen to what the Lord says. God is speaking. He's speaking through my voice right now as a preacher. He's speaking through the Bible. Every inspired word from the Bible, he's speaking to you. He speaks through songs. He speaks through nature. He speaks through the voice of a child. He'll speak through anything if we will listen. And this is listen to what the Lord says. Our lives can get busy, busy in our own making or busy in the making of those around us or the families that we're in or the jobs we have. The only person in charge of spending time with Jesus in your life is you. The only person that can carve out time to spend with the Savior of the world is you. The only person who is in charge of your own schedule is you. You're the one who knows how your day goes. You're the one who decides when you close your eyes at night. 
Don't close your eyes at night until you've spent time in the presence of Jesus. God is talking to us. And here's the thing. We end up doing so many other things besides the most important thing. The most important thing is to be in the presence of God. In the presence of God, every single thing changes. Our anger subsides in the presence of God. Do you hear that? Our very anger, the thing that we ang- have all this angst about, just begins to shrivel up and die in the presence of God. Our frustration is eased in the presence of God. And what's replaced with those things, with the unforgiveness, with the, with the frustration, is joy, is peace. But we skip all the steps. And all the steps are this. Close your eyes and get alone with Jesus. We skip that step. And we attend church and we attend Bible study and we listen to the music and we uh, go out and see nature, but we never slow down and open our ears enough to hear the voice of God. God is speaking. And he wants to speak so directly to you that you can't get it secondhand. You and I could read the same Bible verse or the same portion of Scripture And I'll walk away saying, here's what God said to me. And you'll walk away saying, here's what God said to me. And it could be completely different because the Lord speaks individually to each of us. Sometimes corporately and in a church setting, he could speak to a whole body, but he wants to speak to you individually. And I am not the mouthpiece to speak to you individually. The Holy Spirit is, and he wants to talk to you today. But we skip all the other stuff. We got to skip all the other stuff and get alone with Jesus in his presence the world becomes dim and we're full of grace and we're full of joy and we're full of all the things, contentment. And then we can leave that space with Jesus and go out and we're filled up with him and we ooze Jesus to the people we're around. But what happens is we keep missing that step. The Lord is speaking to you. Will you get alone? Will you get quiet enough to hear him? If he was speaking in the day of Micah, he is surely speaking today. Micah chapter 6 starts with something that we need to just inscribe on our heart. Listen to what the Lord says. Listen to what the Lord says. And then he goes on to say, I'm standing here between the, with the foundations of the earth as my witness that he's bringing a charge against his people. And I, I, I would tend to believe that this charge can be very easily brought against so many of us. He asked the question, my people, what have I done to you? Have I burdened you? Answer me. Now that right there, if you could write that down, if you are taking notes, write this down. My people, what have I done to you? How have I burdened you? Answer me. If you have something against the Lord right now, if you are still angry at God, maybe someone in your life passed away and you didn't want them to. Maybe a divorce happened or a situation or a trauma How has the Lord burdened you? Write it down. Because the Lord says, answer me. Bring that big thing before the Lord. God, why did you let this happen? God, how could this be? You've got to work it out between you and God, and he has an answer. The Lord is speaking. Let him answer you. The Bible says, call to me, and I will answer you and show you great and marvelous things that you don't know. If you're angry at him, it's because you don't know the reason. You don't know the answer. Let God soothe your soul. Friend, if you are angry at God, if you are angst against God, you've got to work it out. He wants to answer you. But he says to his people, and he says to us today, 
I brought you up out of Egypt. And for us today, here's what that means. That means that he has brought us up out of the slavery of sin. For them, it meant a physical Egypt. For us, it's a spiritual Egypt. At one time, we did not have Jesus as our Savior, but today we do. Today, as a believer, as a Christian, I am no longer bound to my sin, uh, the slavery of sin. I am free. I am free. I am free. I am free. Death has no hold on my life. When I die, I'm going to be with Jesus forever and eternity. For an eternity's time, I will be with Jesus. Death has no no victory over me. Sin has no victory over me. God has brought me up out of that slavery and set me free. So he says, how have I burdened you? I have set you free. I've watched out for you time and time again. I have taken you on this journey. And he, and he references uh, different situations. He says he sent Moses to lead you, Aaron and Miriam. So those are the priests over your life. God has sent you people. And I don't know every single person that's listening, but I guarantee you that if you live in America, there's a church somewhere in your town or in a neighboring town. God has sent priests and prophets and teachers to guide you. You are not alone on this Christian journey. And if you would begin to listen to the Lord because the Lord is speaking, listen to the Lord, find a place, a community. God created the church This podcast is great, but it doesn't have skin on it. It's not an actual person in front of you that's looking into your life and and communicating back and forth with you. You need to find a church building to go to, to interact with God's people. He sent these people, Miriam and Moses and Aaron, but he's sending you people to inspire you, to draw you close to God, to bring you uh, to a new place. So get to a church. He reminds these people that he's been with them time and time again. But the people, their response to the fact that God has, and our response to the fact that God has set us free, that he's been with us, that he's given us people, their response to that is, okay, God, well, I will then bring you an offering. What do you want, God? Do you want a thousand rams? Do you want rivers of olive oil? Shall I offer my firstborn to cover my sins? And God says he wants none of that. Here's what he says that he wants. He says, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. First of all, he's reminding you who he is and who you are. God is supernatural. You are natural. You are human. He is supernatural. He's beyond us. His wisdom, his understanding, his uh, strength, his power, his might, his everything is beyond us. Can you recognize that today, that God is beyond you? You are not above God. God is above you. He says to you, mortal, you person, you human, listen to the Lord of hosts. Listen to the God of the universe. He's speaking. Don't you think you should listen? We come up with these ideas that we can come up with the things that's best for our lives. That we can come up with the things that will make God happy. Listen to him. He's saying he doesn't want sacrifices. He doesn't want rivers of olive oil. He doesn't want you to sacrifice your son or your daughter. Listen, mortal. Listen, human, to the supernatural God above you. Listen. Here's what he's saying. Here's what the Lord requires of you. To act justly. To love mercy. And here, walk humbly with your God. The God of the universe has invited you to walk with him. The God of the universe has invited you to 
to walk with Him. What does it mean to walk with God? It means to listen to Him. We know the account of Adam and Eve in Genesis in the Garden of Eden. They would walk and talk with God. They were friends with God. And today God calls out to you and says, I will be your friend. And I will be a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He is the great I am. And we have access to him through Jesus. And he'll walk with us and talk with us. But we are so busy with Netflix and soccer practice and Facebook and events and parties and cleaning that we don't slow down long enough to walk with him and talk with him. We don't slow down long enough to read the word of God and meditate on it, to think on it, to say a lot, to pause, to have that secret slow. That when we slow down and we close our eyes to pray, we only hear our own voice. We only hear our own to-do list clacking around in our brains. We have to slow down. We have to quiet our hearts, quiet our minds, and say, God, I'm listening. God, I want to walk with you. The presence of God will change everything. The presence of God will squash fear. The presence of God will take away anger. The presence of God will bring you back to a place of compassion and grace. The presence of God changes everything. It gives you the power that you need to live the life set before you. And Peter, it says that he'll give you everything you need to live life and to live it his way. But you have to spend time with him. He is a fountain of living water. It's not water that you can get from anywhere else. It's not an understanding you can get secondhand. It's one-on-one. You and him. He has a plan. Custom designed, dna for you and you alone. Will you listen to the voice of God? The Lord is speaking. So how does this work? Practically, how does this work? How do you actually get in the presence of God? You have to get somewhere where you're by yourself where you can spend some time and let the worries of the day melt away, where you can close your eyes and you can say, God, speak to me. God, I'm listening. And a lot of times I open up the Bible and I ask God to speak to me through his word. I say, God, would you speak to me through, by your, with your Holy Spirit through the word? Show me, God, what you want me to know or understand. And then I take time to listen. Sometimes it's five minutes. Sometimes it's two hours. Would you spend two hours in the presence of God? Would you spend an hour in the presence of God? listening to what he has to say about your life, to walk humbly with your God. And here's, here's, the, here's the hook. When God speaks to you, stay humble. Remind yourself who you are, O oh mortal. <laughs> when God speaks to you, remind yourself that you are the pot and he is the potter, that you're just clay and he's the one that breathes life. He's the one that is holding the wisdom and the knowledge and he's just disseminating it to the world through you. The power of the Holy Spirit is still the Holy Spirit's. It's just moving through you. The word of God is still God's. It's just coming through you. But we need to walk humbly with the Lord. We need to listen to the Lord. We need to get a quiet place to listen to what God is saying to us. This sermon that I'm preaching is in general. In general, we need to listen to the Lord. Specifically, God wants to talk to you. But you're in charge of that. We have to make it a practice to continually listen to God. And the more we do it, the more we crave it. Because there's nothing, nothing like the presence of God. 
There's nothing that even comes close to to, uh, being something that we could say is like the presence of God because it's above and beyond all of that. It's like coming home after a long time of being away. It's a place where you know that you know that you are completely loved, accepted, full. God gives me peace in situations where I didn't think I could find peace. And I bring the ugly to God. I bring the nitty-gritty to God. I bring situations to God. I bring people to God. I bring my worries to God. I bring everything before him. I say, God, but what about this person? Look at how mean they are. God, what about this situation? You see how it's not never going to work out. I'm never going to have enough money. I'm never going to have enough time. I'm never. And he takes every single thing and he begins to show me and correct me. And I might not have specific answers, but I have a peace that God's in control. And so before I asked you to write it down, I said, how has the Lord burdened you? If there's something that you're not at peace about between you and the Lord, you have to bring it to him. And he might not give you the answer in the snap of a finger. But if you would lay it down before him and trust him, he promises that he will answer us and show us things that we don't know. That's the God I serve. I don't serve a God that's my equal. I don't serve a God I can contain. I don't serve a God that I can figure out completely. He is above me. He is beyond my understanding. He is more than me. He is stronger than me. And that's why he's God and I'm not. And I come under submission to him. I walk humbly with the God of the universe. To act justly. To love mercy. In children's church today, we taught about the story of the prodigal son. And in the prodigal son uh, story, it's a parable that Jesus tells where there are two sons, an older brother and a younger brother. The younger brother goes to the dad. He says, I want my inheritance now. I know I'm supposed to wait till you're dead, but I don't want to wait. I want my inheritance now. So the father gives it to him. The son goes away, spends all the money, finds himself in a place where he's hungry and in need. And so he decides to come back home to his father. And the father stands with open arms and accepts him back. In fact, he throws a party for him. Meanwhile, the older brother looks on with contempt, angry that this younger brother has spent everything and now he's forgiven. And I told the kids at Kids Church that God is the part of the father in this story. The father represents God. But you and I, we're either the younger brother or the older brother. We find ourselves in the place where we're either... the ones that have sinned or the ones who have done something wrong, or we can be the ones that stand with our arms folded in the background mad at somebody else for getting forgiven. We talked about in kids' church, you know, when someone can do something wrong to you, and they come up to you and they say they're sorry, and you forgive them, but you still have that little, one of the little kids uh, described it like this, she said, it's like you just have a little piece of leftover mad. I thought that was beautiful because it's true. We have this little piece of leftover that still sits with us, but we're still mad. We're still hurt. It still happened, whatever the thing is. It still happened. We talked about how that's the thing you need to bring to God. God, this person hurt me. I forgive them, but I'm mad or I'm hurt. So when Micah here talks about loving mercy, we have to be at a place where we love to forgive. That's not natural. It's not natural to love to forgive someone. Our kids' church example was if I stole somebody's iPhone and then I accidentally dropped it in the pool, I could walk back up to the kid that I stole the iPhone from and say, hey, sorry, but it still happened. It's still hard. It still hurts. 
Could we get to a place as Christian believers, as followers of Christ, as Christ-like people, where we loved to give mercy? Not that we love to excuse sin. Not that we love when people hurt us. Not that we love um, things being destroyed in our lives. No, no, no. But we love the opportunity to give mercy because we trust that God our Father will take care of us. We love people more than we love ourselves. We love other people more than we love ourselves. That only happens in the presence of God. The only person that can take away that little leftover mad is the Holy Spirit. The only person that can take over that, that desire for revenge is the Holy Spirit. And those are those times when you're alone with God, where the things that you have against Him or the things that you have against people or situations, you bring to Him and say, God, I need you to soothe me. God, I need you to take care of this. God, I need you to take revenge. I need you to hold on to this hurt so that we're free. Because what He did, He set us free from Egypt, meaning He set us free from the burdens of sin. Sin is a burden. Unforgiveness is a burden. It's a weight. Our kids' church memory verse today was Matthew eleven thirty eight. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Come to me. Micah says, listen to me. Listen to the Lord. In other parts of Scripture, it says, call unto me. Come close to God. Come near to me, and I will come near to you. Come close to God. And let him work through those things that you've been carrying. Love mercy. Love the opportunity to forgive somebody. I'm not saying love hurt and love uh, painful things, but love the opportunity to be able to love other people. To do justly. That was the first one in the list. To do justly. That means to do the right thing. We have to be close to the light to reflect the light. Meaning we have to be close to Jesus to be Jesus-like. So this all comes back to time spent in the actual presence of God. It's not bringing lots of sacrifices. It's not spending our time in the wrong place. Sometimes we can read all the books. We can go to all the conferences. We can do all the stuff that looks good on the outside. But what, what the main thrust of life is, is spending time in the presence of God to be refreshed, to be made new, and to lay our burdens down to be able to be forgiven and to forgive. Will you spend time in the presence of your Savior today? Doing a lot of stuff isn't going to do it. There's no substitute for time alone with Jesus. If you're taking notes, can you write that down? There's no substitute for time alone with Jesus. Can you circle that and underline it? And can you set in your heart that today before your head hits the pillow that you will spend time with Jesus? He's the one we do it all for. He's the one that all this is from and through and for. But when we leave him out of it, when we just go through the motions, when we just play music on the worship team, or we just teach a class, or we just parent our kids, or we just go to the grocery store, or we just do our job, and we take Jesus out of it, then it's all outward things. And it's just like offering Jesus, uh, or offering God rivers of olive oil. It's useless. What he wants is for you to walk humbly with him, to be with him, so that he can guide and direct your path, so he can show you great and mighty things that you do not know. He is God. We are not. Let's pray together. God, I thank you so much for who you are. I thank you for offering yourself to us. You offered yourself through Jesus as a sacrifice for our sins. And you offer yourself to us every day through your Holy Spirit. You offer uh, your time to be with us. You offer yourself to us. God, I know that you're speaking and you're speaking so individually to each person. God, I pray that we would open up our ears and we would listen. God, we hear what you require of us. 
to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with you. God, help us to follow this. Help us to get rid of all the junk and all the extra and all the the motions that we walk through. God, help us to make you the most important thing. Our eyes are locked on yours, not on the things of this world. God, help us to spend time with you. Put a longing in our heart to read the Bible, God. Put a longing in our hearts just to be in your presence. Thank you for washing over us and making us new. Thank you for your deep, deep love that we can't even measure. Thank you for loving us, Father. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen.